0: Us today, doesn't he? Praise him around the room. You would turn with me to the book of Psalms chapter 133. So good to have everybody at the house of God today. Amen. I want to say to everyone here that on December the 29th, we will be having a multi-campus service here in the evening. It's our fifth Sunday service, fifth Sunday crusade service where our daughter works come, but we will be taking taking communion that night, our communion service on December the 29th. And in 2020, you will see us taking communion more than you have seen ever and probably in the history of this church. And uh, I believe it's a part of worship to him as a reminder to us. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. I don't want church to ever become routine, just a religion, just here because we're supposed to go. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, amen, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Aren't you glad that he gave his life for you and for me? It came from heaven to earth to set us free. Praise God. Psalms 133 next Sunday morning will certainly be our Christmas service. I'll be preaching a Christmas message talking about the coming of the Lord, how He came to this earth. Amen. You don't want to miss. Make sure you invite a friend. We're going to be talking about how the wise men came from afar off. And um, make sure you bring somebody with you next next Sunday. Before we read the Word, I want us to open our heart to the Word. Uh, let's, Let's lay our Bibles down just a moment. The Bible says lift your heart with your hands. Why don't we do that? Why don't we just raise our hands and ask God to speak to us today for Lord you are good you are so good we're asking God today that you would move upon this wonderful congregation we open our hearts to what the spirit is going to say to the church today in Jesus name we pray and everybody says amen Psalms 133 says behold how good And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. In unity. You know Thanksgiving turkey tastes a whole lot better when everybody's getting along. You know that? Ham at Christmas tastes a little bit better when everybody's getting along. He said it is like the precious ointment. Not just ointment. Not just anointing. But precious ointment. It's valued. Not just gold but it's Precious gold—it's a—it's a rare. It's to be treated with value. Everybody say precious ointment. You don't go to the jewelry store and find some some huge diamond sitting out on the count uh, on the counter where everybody just come and touch it and hold it and you know somebody could run off with it. No. When it's valued, it's enclosed to where it can be seen, but it just can't be touched by everybody. Why? It has value it has value precious ointment is valued where is it it's up on the head it is like the precious ointment up on the head you'll find Leviticus he said to the priest he said you don't remove you don't remove your hat from your head and he said you don't remove your garment why because of the oil Or because of the precious ointment. He goes on to say that you have been crowned with the oil of the Lord. Everybody take your hand and put it on your head. And say I have been crowned with the oil of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's what it's talking about. Where is the precious ointment? It's up on the head. That didn't just stop there. It ran from there. It ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard, which was the high priest, so it's 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 in scripture labeling the oil, who it was on, what it was for, that went down. Everybody say, down to the skirts of his garments. So it went all the way down to the robe. It started at the head and run down, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. I preached two weeks ago about the sides of the north. How many remember that? I was talking about the devil wanting to take the place of God. Where? The sides of the north. Where is that? Mount Zion. Watch this. The mountains of Zion. For there, everybody say there, the Lord commanded the blessing. Where? Mount Zion. Where? At the head, at the top. Even life forevermore. I am convinced that the anointed can command the blessing of God. I am convinced that they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm not talking about just churchgoers, I'm talking about the anointed of God. They can begin to bring blessing where the devil has brought curses upon them. How many believe there is an anointing? Everybody shout the anointing. I'd like to preach to you today on the flow of anointing the flow of anointing. Let's praise him for his goodness. Let's praise him for his spirit. Oh God, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. I pray today that there would be a moving of your spirit. A moving of your spirit. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The anointing of God is the spirit of the Lord. What you will find is in the Old Testament, you will find that they would take oil and they would mix different spices in it. It was called the oil after the art of the apothecary. You probably haven't said that word this week, so you might as well say apothecary. Apothecary. What the word apothecary means is the chemist. Another word would be the perfumist. Mixing this uh, type of incense or... For all you ladies, the word would be perfume. For you men, would be cologne. And it was mixed in a certain way that God said, I want you to take olive oil, a hint of it. That, that is a measure of it, a, a measure of the oil, a volume of the oil. I want you to put in cinnamon and myrrh and calamus and cassia. There was five ingredients. Everybody say five ingredients. And I want you to take the oil with these four spices and I want you to put it in according to so many shekels or so many weights or like like uh, grains of. They would, they would measure this, mix it together. And then he said, no one is to, is to mix an ointment like it at home. It's not to be sold. It's not to be copied. Matter of fact, the law was so strict that if you would... Make your own make your own anointing oil, that you would be sentenced to death. That's a scary thought. And it wasn't just to be put up on anybody. If you would put it up on a person that was not to be anointed, then there would become damnation against them. It wasn't just for anybody, it was for a specific person. It was for for specific people. If you became anointed, there was never in your life that you would be removed from what you were called unto. Until your time of retirement or you you have aged out. The purpose of the anointing was not to live like everybody else. It was not to be like everybody else. The purpose of the anointing was to be set apart for a purpose for God. Once you're in, you're in. You're never out. Once you've been anointed, once you've been set apart, you just don't wake up one day and say, you know what, you know, I don't want to be a high priest any longer. I, I don't want to work in the kingdom any longer. It doesn't work that way. God will devise means. If you slip away from him and you have been anointed, he will bring a path to bring you back in to fulfill what you said you would do for him. Amen. Amen. You might be watching online right now and not where you should be right now. And you have made a covenant with God. You made a commitment to the Lord to be his anointed. And now you're out. The devil has pulled you away through deception, but God will begin to devise means to bring you back. God will even bring you down to nothing To put you back where you committed to him to be. I have watched people over the years. They come in and and God has rocked their world. Pulled the rug out from under them. Why? Because they made a covenant with God. They had a call of God upon their life. I'm going to tell you right now. You can't run from the call of God. I am preaching to people right now that the hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon your life today. Would you clap your hands and thank God for it. Who is it that God anoints? It's it's who he purposes in his own heart to anoint. That's the the truth. Aaron, uh, Moses' brother, Aaron uh, became the high priest, but you'll find it was Aaron that built the golden calf. How many know that? When Moses is up in the mountain, he was was receiving the law, and uh, he he is leading the people while Moses is with the Lord up in uh, the mount to receive the law of God. And while he is up in the mountain, Aaron is swayed by the people. They start saying, well, it was was the God of Egypt that brought us to where we are, that split the Red Sea. They built a golden calf, and Aaron led that. While Aaron is building a golden calf, and the people of God are committing sin, in idolatry, and immorality, God is speaking to Moses about Aaron. And he says to Moses, and Aaron and his descendants shall be my priesthood. Aaron will be my high priest. Can I tell you that while Aaron was sinning, God saw a future for him that was greater than where he was. Aren't you glad that while you were a sinner, God didn't just discard you, but he saw your destiny, he saw your future, and he saw your purpose. Amen. I like that old song that says, when, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. I like verses like, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So can I preach to you for a moment? It doesn't matter where you've been because we've all come somewhere. It really doesn't matter where you come from because we all were born in sin. What matters is where are you letting God take you? God has something better for you. God has something, amen, better for your life. We were all in sin, some sort of bondage, but I'm so glad that Jesus set me free today. If you are, jump to your feet and clap your hands and say, I'm glad that he set me free. I was blinded by sin, but he set me free. Amen. You know how the devil hates you? Because there's an anointing for your life. He can, he, 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 when God begins to touch, I've seen little children become an of God. I have, I've seen the hand of the Lord come up on children. That's right. I've seen God use teenagers. The hand of the Lord come up on a teenager and God at a young age. One boy's name was Billy McCool. Billy and Bobby McCool were twin brothers. 11 years old, God called them to preach. They said they were too poor to own a pair of jeans. All they owned was bibbed overalls. Back in southern Missouri, These two boys said they would leave their white shirt untucked so it looked like they were wealthy enough to own a pair of jeans. Said it covered up the bid overalls and they would stand out. Of course, it was safer back then maybe, but they would thumb a ride to the revival to go preach. Bobby McCool, they're probably now approaching 80, I'd imagine, but Bobby McCool told me, he said, Aaron, I'll never forget when my brother Billy got up and preached at a revival. He was just 11 years old. He said, I'll never forget when he started preaching. It looked like oil running down his face as he was preaching. The power of God. I'm not talking about giftings and talents. There's a difference between gifted and anointed. There's a lot of people gifted that can sing you into crying. You could watch, you could watch a American Idol and some, some person from nowhere get up and move you with their talent that was so unassuming. How many ever seen anything like that? Britain's got talent or whatever, that, that somebody gets them seeing you cry because they're so gifted. I'm not talking about being moved by giftings. You can watch a good storyline, read a good book, and cry emotional because of the gifting of people. I'm not talking about gifting. I'm talking about anointing. And when God puts the anointing up on someone, God anoints their gift. So it becomes more than emotional drive or emotional response, when someone becomes anointed, all of a sudden it becomes supernatural. Supernatural. A preacher can get up and be a gifted preacher. He can. He can can be gifted in homiletics, and pulpiteering, and good speaking, and tell a good story, and heartwarming, and you're walking away feeling better, but not transformed. You're gonna walk away even feeling I need, to, I need to better my life, I need to motivate myself and better motivate. They can inspire you to become, to become great but not transformed. But when the anointing happens, when the anointing begins to take place, when you lay your hand on that head, when you begin to pray over that person, blinded eyes become open. What the doctor could not do begins to take place. Withered hands begin to begin to be healed. Crippled feet begin to be straightened up. Amen. I'm talking about a church that is anointed. I'm not talking about just feeling good and a motivational uh, community church. I'm talking about what happens when the anointing of God comes upon you. And I feel that up on me right now. I believe there's power in anointed preaching. There's power in anointed singing. There's power in the anointing. Somebody shout the anointing. I want everybody to shout the anointing. the anointing. The anointing allows people of God to be accepted by God and man. Everybody say the anointing. It allows people to accept you even though your doctrine is different from them, even though your lifestyle is different from them. When you would have walked into the room, when you would have walked into the room where a priest was, you, the whole room would have smelled like the priesthood. who's I mean, ever been around somebody who had too much cologne? I mean, have that, have that aunt that wears too much perfume? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been at a meeting? When I was growing up, well, I mean, you know, we went to the church, to the church, to the church, church, church. That's what we did growing up. We went to the church all the time. And there's always these these things we called fellowship meetings or youth rallies or fellowship rallies. We'd have on Friday nights once a month and. We'd go to these rallies and and these different churches and that's just what we did. Loved it. Revival services, you didn't just have revival at home. That evangelist went down the road some 30, 40 miles and he'd preach at that church for, for two weeks and you'd be down there at that revival and then he'd go preach somewhere else and you'd go down that revival. We went to church, that's what we did. But there were those people that loved perfume. You know what I'm talking about? And you know, if she comes and hugs me, I'm going to smell like her the rest of the evening. So my brother and I, we would avoid so-and-so because we didn't want to smell like her. Can I get a witness from somebody? It was sort of that way with the priesthood. They didn't, where's a bottle of water? They they didn't do what we do. Somebody asked me for church about anointing somebody and I said, uh, you want me to, they didn't know what I was preaching, they said, We'd like to bring somebody to church, and you anoint them, you know. Uh, I said, well, what do you mean? And this is sort of, you know, what they mean. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you know, you go to church and the prayer line and that sort of. It means to smear. Or. This is the fun part of preaching. <laughs> it means to smear. Or poor come here Noah you love your pastor is your mom here I'm sorry what I'm about to do to your son but when they anointed this priest they, they didn't do what my mom did my mom would my mom would do this deal with perfume I don't know what I'm talking about guys shouldn't do that If you do that, you're getting whipped. That's just all there is to it, you know. (laughs) Then my mom would do one of these numbers. Anybody ever see your mom do that? Some of y'all still do that. Guys don't do that. When they would anoint, though, the priest, they didn't just go. No, they did something like this. They popped the cork on that horn of oil and they... It's so fun being a preacher. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I might just get the ore out when I'm, when I'm praying over the sink and start dousing you with anointing oil on Sunday night. How about it? That's what the anointing. When he walks in, he's gonna smell like, and everybody's gonna know, he's in the room. When he comes in the room, the atmosphere's gonna change. It's gonna smell like the anointing. Just one man is gonna change the atmosphere. You're not just going to work. When you walk in that workplace and you've been on your knees and God's been dousing you with the anointing, it might stink there with an attitude of contention. There might be chaos in people's world. But when you walk into that room, the anointing changes the atmosphere where they are. I'm preaching to you. We need anointed employees. We need anointed teachers. We need anointed We need people that have the anointing. Somebody shout, The anointing. anointing. It's more than just a fragrance changer, it's an atmosphere changer. I'll never forget, you may be seated. I was in hunting clothes in Cambridge at a Bob Evans hunting. Went there that night to get a bite to eat because I was hunting in Noble County. I was sitting there and, and camouflage. And I saw a guy, and I used to do a lot of ministry in the jails. And I had a, a guy to walk up to. I noticed that I, I knew him, couldn't remember his name, probably had met him in the jail. And I wasn't going to be like, hey, man, I met you in the jail, you know. He came over and he came over and, and I just waved and, 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 and uh, let him know. I was good, at, you know, just waved at him a little bit later. I knew he, he was looking at me because you all don't even recognize me if I have a ball cap on in Walmart. I can't tell you how many of y'all waved at and you go. Somebody told me yesterday at Walmart, they said, Pastor Bounds? You're wearing normal clothes? And I'm married to a normal wife and I've got normal kids? You have more than a suit and tie? I actually sleep in pajamas. didn't even recognize me. All of it, he knew I looked from the mirror, but no, finally I saw it register and he come over there and I'm not saying this to lift me up for one thing because I realize who I am. But he walked in, he said, he said, you're the, you're the preacher, aren't you? You're the pastor. And he's looking over his shoulder a little bit and he said, you're the pastor. And I said, yeah. He said, can I tell you something? I said, what? He said, don't ever stop going to the county jail. I said, okay. He said, let me tell you why. He said, because after those services we would have when you were there, he said, the atmosphere of the whole floor changed. He said, where there was contention and there was bickering and there was fighting, he said, after those services, he said, the young men would serve the elder men in the prison coffee. Everybody got along. Everybody began to be friendly with each other. He said, I can't explain it, but you need to keep going. You know what? I can. It's not me, but God gives us favor with God and man. What about am preaching? America doesn't need another church. They don't even need another Christian. They need an anointed saint of God that has walked through a prayer room before they left their home. This says, I need God's spirit. I need God's presence. Don't be ashamed of who you are. You are the anointed of God. I have watched in this church countless times. Watch what happens when we start singing. I have watched guests in this come to this place that they walk into the room. They're a little nervous. They've never been here. They're looking around at people. They're watching people's emotions. They're checking you out when they come to church. How many know that? And when they're at church, I've watched them come in, nervous to be at a new location. And if you forgot what it's like to be a guest at a church, you probably had to remind yourself the way it was when you first came. You love it now, but It's uncomfortable for a first-time guest. But when they come in all of a sudden nervousness leaves and I'll watch them begin to weep and cry just while the music is playing and the worship singers are singing. You know why? Because it's not just talent. It's people that are gifted and talented Let's say I want the hand of God upon my giftings. I want the hand of God upon my talent and watch people begin to repent and begin to repent of their sin. They haven't been in church seven minutes. What is it? And the God up on you. No, I know you're soaked wet, and I apologize. I got carried away. The Anointing makes me get carried away. Huh? But with the anointing is up on your life. It causes you to be different. I see, I, see, I see in scripture a couple of different things that the anointing does, it sets apart and it also unites to something else the anointing sets apart all of a sudden you get convictions that maybe are maybe are different than the way you were raised or maybe different from culture and all of a sudden you start saying no to things you start turning things off you start stop listening to things and sometimes you get convictions about what you're wearing Convictions start happening. Why? Because the anointing of God separates you from the crowd. Why? Because the Bible said He setteth apart for Himself. The church shouldn't be like the world. The church shouldn't blend in doing everything that everybody else is doing talking, thinking, going, looking like everybody else. Our conversation should be like everybody else. You know why? Because He called us out of darkness. Come on, isn't that right? The Bible says come out from the world and be ye separate. See, that's what the Holy Ghost does. When when repentance fell upon the United States, people began to separate. There was something that moved into the church called holiness. What does holiness mean? It means to be holy. It's a fancy word to be. It simply means separated unto. Not just separate from the world. I'm separated unto God. You see, anointing separates, but it unites. It unites you to something bigger than you. There's so many situations brought to me, Brother Greg, that I do not have the answer for. My mind can't fix it. My I just don't know. After 12 years, I just don't know. But you know what I do? I go to prayer. And when I go to prayer, I reach up to get a hold of something that's bigger than me, that's mightier than I. When somebody comes down here and they've got a sickness that that the doctor can't heal, you know what? We're not hopeless when the doctor can't fix it. We got something that's beyond us. It's beyond us, Amen, Amen, Sister Stephanie. There's an anointing for your life. I know, I know you're very shy, but I want you to stand and lift your hands. There's an anointing on your life. I want you to pray for her. God has His hand up on you. He really does. I want you to point your hands to this young lady. God is calling the generation to make a difference. In the next, Cindy, I want you to go pray for her. The Lord told me today he's going to call forth callings. He's going to bring forth callings in this AM service. In the name of Jesus, if you want God to anoint you, I want you to stand. If you want the anointing of the Lord to rest upon your life, stand all over this building. If you want God to anoint your family, come on, in the name of Jesus, I pray. A holy anointing that would sit over her. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say in Jesus' name. See, when you get anointed, the anointing of the Lord starts moving on you. It's, it, it changes. You may be seated. It changes everything. The anointing is very appealing. It really is. It's very attractive. You walk in the room and when the anointing is there it allowed the priest to put up with stinking altars, the anointing. You imagine dealing with an altar of the shedding of blood and what that would smell like, the blood running off of the altar and into the dirt and, and you are, you are, you are, dissecting these animals and separating the kidney and all this stuff for the sacrifice and you're wearing a, a holy lemon gar, linen garment and the anointing is upon you not just Aaron but Aaron the priest and his sons that people are bringing sacrifice and turtle doves and, and bull, bulls or oxen and, 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 and sheep and goats to be sacrificed I'm talking about the Old Testament here but on a fiery I don't think it smelled like a barbecue there's hair burning. You ever smelt burnt hair? Blood. You ever been driving down the road and you smell blood? Ugh. See, altars stink to our flesh. And everybody say, man, I'm so looking forward to a three-day fast? Wow, can't wait. Huh? I never seen anybody say, man, I committed to 3:30 a.m. I can't wait to get up at 3:30 and pray. No, that stinks. Y'all get what I'm saying? Fasting stinks. I can't wait to go seven days without food and fast before the Lord. Man, I'm so excited about it. You're lying. You make that commitment when the Lord's moving, God called me on, oh yeah, yeah, I'll fast, oh God. I'll go three days without food. You get in your car, the spirit of the Lord's lifted and you get in there and you smell restaurants before you see the sign. Then you start saying, now, well, did I seriously commit to three days of fasting? How am I going to go without coffee before I go to work? Are y'all getting what I'm saying? You pass up the gas station where you go get your little Debbie cakes. And you're looking back the whole time. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It stinks. Altars stink. Repentance, brother Tucker, stinks. It really does. People don't want to come to church and Convert, they want sin. But anointing causes us to put up with stinking altars. I can see the priest now that while he's working with death and dying and giving up and, and, and the bleeding of the sheep, that all of a sudden. Every now and then, the aroma of the anointing allows him to stay at the altar. What I'm saying to you, if repentance the only thing it did would just cause us to have to constantly try to deny but we never felt God, we never felt peace, we never felt joy, we never felt fulfilled it would be hard to live this life but because I repented I felt the hand of the Lord come over my life. It allows me to live a righteous life. It causes me to want to be at the house of God. The anointing somebody shout the anointing Shout it again, the anointing. The anointing. It allows a three-day fast to be worth it. When you get up in the, in the pulpit and preach, and I'm gonna tell you right now, there's nothing like preaching under the anointing. It feels like hot oil that runs all over me. You know what I'm talking about. When the anointing comes and you begin to say things you couldn't plan and study that you can that God downloaded in your spirit in prayer. The anointing that somebody comes and said my wife and I were talking about that exact thing last night and you get up and preach about it today that's not intellect that's the anointing of God and somebody you need to learn to be that for somebody in your school, for somebody in your family. Come on you can't leave it up to one high priest, you can't leave it up to a preacher. He said he's made you priest unto God. You gotta become that to your family. Come on, Grandma, you can become anointed to where the grandkids call you up and say, I need prayer, I need God. God. Come on, moms and dads. I'm preaching about anointing. That your children, when they're going through a trial, they don't run from you. They run to you. Say, would you place your anointed hand upon my head? I need a miracle in my life. I'm preaching to somebody. God didn't call us to be like everybody else. He called us to be anointed so we can bring to people what man cannot bring to people. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands and praise him for the anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing of God. I feel it right now. There's even people watching online that their hearts are broken and they're discouraged. But I pray you can feel what I feel. I pray you can feel hope right now from the hand of God. Somebody shout the anointing. I want you to shout the anointing. The anointing, the flow of the anointing. It always comes from above. It always comes from above. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, how many feel what I'm preaching about? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Jesus opened the book of Isaiah, and this is what he said. Come here a little closer. You smell good. You're soaking wet. You see, if you put oil here, the Bible says the oil wasn't to be on the flesh. What it meant was you can't have anointing without covering. You have to have a garment that it goes on. It would actually even go up on the hat. It was representation that it's beyond you, Brother Noah. Anointing is beyond a man. And this is a word for this church. You are living your life not for yourself when you're a priest. You are living your life for people that are dependent upon you. It matters what we say. It matters where we go. It matters what we do. When we're anointed, people's eyes are upon us. God didn't anoint us so people would applaud us. God anointed us so people would listen to what we have to say. He said, Because from the top, He said, I have commanded the blessing there. I am preaching to you, you cannot be blessed without the commandment of God. And the commandment of the Lord comes from the top, it comes from the head. I'm convinced that God can place an anointing on a family. He can place an anointing on a preacher or the priesthood that the preacher and the member of the family can command a blessing upon you. The family can have blessing because of, somebody shout the anointing. Watch this. Jesus read from the book of Isaiah in the synagogue. But Derek, if you'll play softly. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord. Everybody say the spirit of the Lord. Spirit. Would you crown your head with the spirit of God right now? The spirit of the Lord. Where is it upon me? Somebody shout the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. Are you ready? Anointing is not just for your emotion. Anointing is always followed by purpose. What'd I do with that water bottle? Where's that? Hold it. Guard it. Guard it. You've got to guard the anointing. Because by Noah. When the oil is poured out, people know. You don't have to tell people you're anointed. People know you're anointed. Somebody gets up and sing. Don't he have to sing good to be anointed? They need to practice to get better, amen. But the anointing sets upon them. What's that I feel? When they were singing, what's that I feel? You've got to guard it. And it in your life. You've got to protect it. The Bible says because if the fly gets in the apothecary. Talking about sin. And nobody in this room would listen to me preach if you thought I was out sinning. Nobody. Because when the fly gets in the apothecary. Bible says that it causes the anointing to stink. What was anointed now is a stench because it says a little folly a little sin. Kids don't want to listen to their parents when they're sinning. Neither do you want to listen to your pastor if he's got sin in his life. Come on, can I get a witness from somebody? Holy Anointing oil. You know what Beelzebub means? It's a title for Satan or the devil. It means the Lord of the flies. He's the one that's now that you're anointed because you're the only one that can stop his kingdom. The priesthood, the anointed of God, the one that, that, that the Bible says that in, in Isaiah says that it's because of the anointing that it breaks the yoke. When the Assyrians had Israel under bondage, the Bible says they could not keep them because of the anointing. Come on. There's all kinds of people gonna be set free from drug addiction. There's all kinds of people gonna be set free from drug addiction. Not because of oratory or good singing or a good choir or a good Sunday school teacher. It's going to be because of the oil. How many believe people are about to be set free? Amen. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. But you've got to guard it, you can't leave it uncovered. You leave, the, you leave the apothecary uncovered flies you're going to get it. But you cover it. You know what covering means? That means to be submitted to God, to be submitted to authority, to be to submitted to that person which is over you, to obey your parents. Young people, obey your parents. Somebody say amen. amen. That also means for you to obey God. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will what? He'll run from you. He will flee from you. God doesn't anoint us just to be mavericks or just go do our own thing. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. No, no, no. I need a pastor in my life. I need his word in my life. I need to obey what God says no matter how much it stinks to my flesh. Somebody say the flow of the oil. I close with this point. The scripture says that there was two olive trees. Brother Cody, would you bring the table and set it here? Or the the Elisha ministers, would you bring that? The oil of God. Any sick among you, let them call for thee what? And let them what? Anoint you with oil. We need the anointing to open up the olive. (laughs) Not what (laughs) happened. I was getting ready to send for the popcorn. Zachariah says that there's golden pipes. Golden pipes that come from two olive trees. You know what? Move this pulpit right here. Set this table there, if you will. I know you're standing. I realize that. Would you set the table right here with Noah? Would you? Would you get here? Go ahead and stand right there, Brother Noah. Anointing is not just some oil you get from the store like we did. Olive oil. There's a process with this. The Bible says that it flows from two olive trees through golden pipes. And the Lord would have me to tell you today, do not allow that that conduit that comes to your life become plugged up with things of this world the olive trees the Bible says are the two anointed ones of God I believe it represents Michael I believe it represents Gabriel the anointed cherubs of God and that your ministry will either fall under one of two categories either a ministering angel or a messaging angel or a warring angel everything we do is either warring against the devil Or bringing the message to people, prayer matters. I'm not talking about just praying. Now I lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about anointed prayers, praying until your tongue changes and you begin to pray not what you're thinking, but you begin to pray words about things that the kingdom is talking about. How many's ever prayed to where you were you were praying? I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about you begin to pray what God is telling you to pray. It's anointed. What happens? Brother Cody, come here. Brother Redmond, would you come? I want you to reach your hand out toward the olive tree and grab his hand. I want you to stand here. And the anointing of God, the anointing God begins to flow down your life into your spirit. it never happens hold your hand out without a crushing place without a denying place a place to where you say no to self and yes to God no to self and yes to God it's not easy being different buddy it's not easy denying yourself but the Lord said if you will come out any man come after me must deny himself why? Not just to be different. Not to be alone. But to become anointed. You see that right there? When the olive is crushed, oil comes out. And that's called the flesh. That's the whole process. Now reminds remind you that he denied himself in the garden of Gethsemane. Which means oil press. And he ascended into heaven from the mount of olives. It appears to me of the body of Christ. He's saying, I don't want you to be powerless. I want you to be anointed. I want you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. I want you to preach the gospel and they convert. I want you to take a, the gospel to a heathen nation and the entire nation turn their heart from heathenism unto the, unto God. How me believe that the anointing makes the difference. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands all over the building. God is calling forth ministries in this room. He's calling forth callings. God didn't call you to be a churchgoer. He called you to have a ministry. He called you to deny yourself in the mornings and pray. To get a hold of him in personal devotion. To say no to the sinful nature of our flesh. Because he's got something greater. He wants you to change your world. He wants you to make a difference. Through his power and through his spirit. Hallelujah. I want everybody in the room to start praying right now. to disconnect you from God to disconnect you from the man of God in your life Don't allow anything God wants you to be used of him in supernatural ways but he's waiting on you to crush your flesh to deny yourself and say God I want to be what you want me to be I want everybody in the building today I know there's more for me if you need healing we're going to pray for you today you need deliverance, we're going to pray for you today. You feel the call of God, this altar's open. There's an anointing for you. Come on, you feel the call of God in your life, I want you to come. All over this building, there's a the call of God.